Hello, and welcome back to Now Screaming, episode 72. I'm Evan Culbertson. And I'm Liz Smart. And we're watching all the horror movies currently streaming on Netflix. So you don't have to. For now. <laughs> this week, we are talking about the 2018 Netflix-produced horror film, Malevolent. And this will maybe be our last Netflix-produced film for a while, because starting in the new year, we're going we're gonna to be looking at a lot of services that aren't Netflix. Yeah. We're breaking our bonds, our loyalties. But for now, we have, it is it is a bit ironic that we have a Netflix production, which is Malevolent, uh, directed by Olaf de Fleur Johansson. Oh man, <laughs> that is a very um, geographical name, I feel like. There's like some Swedish some in there, some yeah. French. Uh, he's Icelandic, uh, but that's not what's interesting about this movie. Is what's interesting Florence Pugh? It is. <laughs> Would you like to tell everyone about your your love for Florence Pugh. I I do quite like Florence Pugh. Oh, quite like. Quite like. That's the word you're going to use. I'm fond. Fond of her. Uh, but we should say for our listeners, did we like this movie? Um, I actually did. I, I mostly did. I mostly did. I think. And it, then I didn't. It has some flaws, but I actually found myself thinking of it a few days later. Um, Good which sign. I, which I yeah, I don't always do that. I tend to, in a lot of cases, put these movies out of my mind the moment that I see them. Um, and especially that I great for podcasting, by the way. <laughs> I had never or another okay. The week after we record the podcast, I'll sure, say then. Sure. Uh, the moment I don't have to think about them anymore, they ha- they have fled my mind. Um, and I wasn't excited for this. I had never really heard of it until we um, rolled it on the roulette. So like, I have no reason to think about it again. But I did. I I there's a specific sequence in the beginning that I think is one of. I'll go as far to say one of the best sequences I've ever seen in a horror movie. Wow. Like I really do think it's great. Um, it's just that the whole movie doesn't really live up to it. I think specifically the end is pretty bad, like actively bad. The last half hour or so really sunk this movie for me. Interesting. Which is a shame because I think that a lot of it works. I'm interested to see why you think it um, sunk so low. Because I, I, from what I remember, I just I don't think it was bad. I just think it was sort of lackluster compared to the first hour, maybe even half hour. We should cover, before we talk about plot, that I am mildly obsessed with Florence Pugh. <laughs> mildly. Um, <laughs> uh, listeners may know her as the star of Ari Aster's Midsommar, which came out this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, she was also in a movie called Fighting With My Family, which is a WWE movie from earlier this year. Super fun. And fun her, as hell. Her third movie of the year is uh, Greta Gerwig's Little Women, which is coming out in like a week and a half. Mm-hmm. 10 days. Are we allowed to talk about uh Yeah, I think it's fine. Cool. We have seen it. We saw Little Women <laughs> in uh, August. A test screening the day that the trailer was released or the day after the trailer was released. Yeah. And it's the biggest thing that's ever happened to me. I walked out of, well, we shouldn't talk about what, what, too much of this podcast. <laughs> I walked out of the little woman screening just like convinced, which I am still today. So I shouldn't say past tense convinced that Florence Pugh is our greatest living actress. Yeah. She is so tremendous in this movie. And of course she's incredible in Midsommar and she's getting attention from horror people for her performance in Midsommar. Mm-hmm. But she's actually getting like, some awards buzz and attention for her supporting performance in Little Women. And I think that people are starting to catch up to where I've been since, again, August. She's, I mean, this this sounds like a 
I don't know. Think what you want, dear listener. <laughs> but I do think she's just like the best actress in the world. Yeah, and I think that in the case of this movie, she could be like reading a phone book and it would be thrilling and like totally just the greatest yeah. thing you've ever seen. Like she doesn't have to have much to give an unbelievable performance. And she's not given much in this movie, but she still does give an unbelievable performance like she does in everything. Fighting My Family is could have been is and co- could have been a very silly movie and could have been a ver- an even sillier movie, but she brings a weight, weight to perfect. That was freaky. Uh she really does. She she makes it serious and and beautiful and tender and specific. And I think that she does it with every role that she has ever done. So yeah, I agree. There was a lot to love about this movie because of her. I agree. And I will try to set aside some of that. But I, again, I have to be totally honest. If Florence Pugh is on screen, there's a there's a part of me that is just satisfied with that as a cinematic experience. Yeah. Uh, which is not particularly like complex or highbrow way to feel. But I think she's great. And I think she's great in this movie. I think she elevates this movie especially because I think fighting with my family is like fun and silly in the ways that it is. Yeah. This handled a bit differently, both visually and uh, in terms of performances is total schlock is like really, really it's, it's the disappointments room from another. God. Angle. Wow. I actually really disagree. Is it the disappointments room? What's the one where they're, what's the one that has the same plot as this? Uh, I don't know. Like, 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 um, like a foster mother kills her children. No, that, okay. Just give away the movie. Um, I mean, is that not what we're going to do? No, the, uh, the, uh, paranormal investigators. Um, oh, like the dead room. Is that what that is? The dead room. We did that one. And then apartment 143, I believe also. That's what I'm thinking. Our past two movies. Spanish. Dead room is New Zealand. Did we do the disappointments rooms in this podcast? We did, but it's not about what you think it's about. That's the one with um, Kate Beckinsale, isn't it? And they oh, move into the new yeah. house, and like there's a secret room. That's not at all what no. this movie's about. I'm thinking about the dead form. room. I'm thinking about the dead room. Yeah, this is like the dead room, and then it's a group about a group of paranormal investigators, and that's not a good movie, but not like the worst movie ever made. It's just like dull. Yeah. Uh, I think that there's another version of this that this is dull. This movie is absolutely not dull. It's not dull at all. It's not. Great. It doesn't really achieve the highest highs, but it's a solid. No, but uh, I think it's good. I think it's scary. I think it is actually legitimately scary. Well, let's get into it. So it's okay. about a team of paranormal investigators. Um, Florence Pugh and her brother, whose name is Jackson. Jackson. Her name is Angela. Elliot is their other friend, who's an aspiring filmmaker, who's like their like camera guy camera guy yeah and then Beth is Jackson's girlfriend who helps in in other ways like administrative kind of mostly yes and so they take they're in Scotland it's 1986 they take um clients Angela and Jackson are from America though they are they come to Scotland which is where their mother is from yes and that's this where Angela's going to school and they have set up their little business here to like make extra cash on the side well we didn't say that they're faking it but they, they are faking They it. are paranormal investigators, and Angela specifically is like a fake medium. She pretends to be able to cleanse these people's houses by talking to the spirits. Um, and Jackson, like, aids in this by recording things that they then play back. Yeah, Jackson is like the, um, I guess he's kind of like the, the ringleader. Yeah. Like, he's the one who's, like, setting up in terms of, like, I guess he's 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 directing the way that each scam will go because they tailor the scam to 
obviously they have to like personalize it in order to make people feel like believe it, yeah. Like they've been, their house has been exercised. And they have this whole thing where their mother also claimed to be a medium. Yes. Um, and especially in the last days of her life, talked a lot about seeing spirits. So they're kind of billing this business as Angela being like the descendant. You know, yes. it's like this, they're taking over the family business of being mediums. A very important part of that backstory is that the mother, like, quote unquote, went crazy and killed herself. Uh-huh. Um, we know that she had nosebleeds, which Angela also has, uh, and that she was hearing voices. So you said you really liked the beginning. Why don't we just walk through the plot? Let's get, let's get through what happens in this yeah, movie. Yeah, it's not complicated. No. Um, the... Do you want to talk about the first job they do? Yeah, well, we, we see them do, like, a, a, a job that for us as an audience member is just setting up how they do their thing, right? Yes, like, it's, us, and it, it's not like they, the first line of this movie isn't about them scamming. It's them doing their paranormal investigation, and it becomes clear to the audience over the course of it because we're getting access that the the homeowner doesn't have, that they're scammers. Yeah. Um, they're playing things back on a walkie-talkie to make it sound like someone is saying something. They've got lights and cameras and they're just they're doing a lot of stuff um but that one goes off fine i think the thing that happens is that um and i I think we're my guess is that we're going to come back to this yes but uh angela like sees like a mannequin like she was a dressmaker this woman who is dead yes um like sort of come to life and like lunge at her uh that's when we get get our title card of malevolent by the way um and then after this job Angela is, like, actually hearing, like, high-pitched noises. It's, like, a, um, just, like, a, a, a high frequency. Uh-huh. Uh, and, like, whispers, and she's getting nosebleeds, and she's seeing things, and failing out of school. Uh, right. Because she's going on these, like, ghost trips. Right, which means she's, not, she's not doing her homework. she's not doing her homework or going to class. I will say, I do want to... We touched on this, and maybe now isn't the time to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. It is unclear to me why... Jackson and Angela are American. Um, Florence Pugh is British. She never uses her accent in anything. Ever. <laughs> she, she mostly plays Americans for some reason. Uh, she uses her accent in Little Drummer Girl. Uh, she's not going to use it in Black Widow next year either because she's going to be like fake Russian. Russian. They visit, or early on, actually, not they, just Angela visits their grandfather, their mom's dad, mm-hmm. who is Scottish. So, like, there's some family connection here, but they're from America. They don't really address why she's in school here. Yeah, I sort of got the feeling, like, this was my, this is my, I I, I feel like I was doing a lot of the movie's work for it, in that I was, like, envisioning the sort of scenario where they lost their mother. I don't know what happened to their dad, something else. Like, they just did, he wasn't part of their lives. And so they were kind of searching for, like, some connection to their mother, so they were like, what if we then go to Scotland and form a relationship with our grandfather? I mean, it makes sense, but that's not really text in the movie. It's not. That's what I'm saying. I'm doing this movie's work for it. Yeah. And I think that if this were a TV show or even like a longer movie, they could have kind of delved into that in that like they are searching for something. They're searching for some kind of like belonging, something to make sense, mm-hmm. somewhere to like be here in this place. And it's not working because they are scamming. Jackson's a dick and their well, grandfather Jackson is like has a bad relationship with their grandfather because he's always borrowing money from him well Jackson is we should talk about like the central conceit of why like this movie is based around one big job that they do uh-huh. which probably makes sense but the reason that that is happening 
that they're really desperate for this job in spite of Angela specifically not feeling well and also um, really needing to focus a bit more on school. Yes. Because she, she doesn't want to drop out. Like, no. It's, it's not and like she doesn't give a shit. And being like, this is ominous. Like, they you, get okay. the phone call and they she's like, phone call. she doesn't want to do it. But Jackson is in like some unspecified like money trouble. Mob trouble. He is. Like... There's a point where she's just like hanging out listening to um, like his Walkman and people come up and beat the shit out of him because yeah. he owes them money. So he is super, like, he's in some debts. That, he's a like, get-rich-quick guy. That's what they keep kind of well, yeah. like, explaining is that, like, he has had schemes This is in just the past. a little scam. Yeah. And that, like, the thing he's listening to on his Walkman is... Oh, it's like self-help tapes. It's self-help tapes. I wrote two, down two of the quotes that, like, specifically really worked for me. One of them is, if you can control your mind, you can influence others, which is fucking ominous as shit. And then you can't control what happens in life, but you can control what happens in your mind. These are two lines that, this is the kind of thing he's listening to. And I think they were, this was a great, like, character dressing Mm -hmm. thing um, of these, like, really creepy tapes that this, like, motivational speaker is trying to, like, talk to. It was just, it was very, it worked really well for me because it was just this, like, God, self-help was creepy and... Yeah. Well, what it was saying about control and your mind and how that plays into the rest of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. I think that a bunch of the exposition here is um, a bit heavy-handed. What happens is that Angela gets this call about this job that we'll talk about in a second, and she doesn't want to do it because she has a bad vibe and she's kind of sick of this and she's Mm -hmm. kind of sick of Jackson who is being really overbearing. And they have like a fight about it where they talk a lot about how the mom like clawed her own eyes out. Yeah. And it was this point that I was like, I don't like, this is way, way, way too much exposition for these siblings that like this movie is not about their conflict. Their conflict is a, is a stepping stone to get to the, yes. Just to lay it out there, the truth of Angela actually being a medium, Uh like her actually having some connection to the supernatural is, and her, her discovering that, She's been scamming, but she actually does have some way she to has cross the bridge. Something, whether or not it's it's something that yeah. can be monetized, but she has something. And whether or not it's something that she has any control over is yes. also questionable. But the fact is, is that in the fiction of this movie, she does have a way to talk to ghosts. Yes, and her mother probably also did yes. as well. Um, and that's more what this movie is about, not Jackson's money troubles, which are not mentioned again once we get 45 minutes There's in. There's a reason and... for that, but yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she ends up having a dream where she sees her mom and the mom's like, I can't find your brother. She's really freaked out by it, but it, it convinces her to take this job. She just like, again, a lot of this is about Florence Pugh having a feeling. Yeah. And her feeling is, all right, we'll do this. But then like Jackson, you got to get the fuck off my back. Like stop forcing me to do these this things. This has to be it for a while. Yeah. So they take this job. Um, it's a famous story because the house where they're going to, used to be a, like, foster home for girls. It wasn't, like, as much an orphanage. I think they were just foster children. Yeah. Um, but it still had... It's such a big house. It still had this kind of orphanage air. Like, they, they had, like, 12 children at one something point. Something crazy, like, yeah. A big amount of kids. I mean, like, a school for girls. Something like that. But it's And run, it's an older woman who hired them. Run by this woman. And years previous, at some point, her son, the woman's son, had killed three of the girls. Yes. And then I guess presumably all the rest of the children were taken away from her, and now she's alone in the house. I wasn't. I wasn't really following like how those murders happened, but an important part of it is that he sewed their mouth shut. Yeah, and then he brought them outside and sat them in like a little circle, and that's how they found them. Yeah. And we have no mention of what happened to the son. We don't know if he like 
also died or vanished or is in prison. Like we don't know what happened to him, but the way that they talk about the it, story it's, is it's, famous. It's like like an urban legend that they don't have to do any exposition for for each other. They kind of zoom past some of this stuff because, like, again, in in this world. They all know this urban right. legend. It's an urban legend. It's it's less about facts and more about like, oh, this house. But she has specifically said on the phone, this woman, that she wants um, the girls to stop screaming. She can't get them yes. to stop screaming. That's what she says. I think that the, the thing that works for me from the second they get there is that they're so clearly in over their heads with this scam. Um, yes. I think Angela says when they're fighting about whether or not to do it, that they don't have the equipment to cover a house of this size. Mm. Like... And, like, they have, like, four monitors set up. They have, like, a whole technical aspect of this. And clearly they don't know what they're doing enough. They haven't done enough research. They jumped into this. They are going to have a hard time fooling this woman. Sometimes Jackson says things and the woman, like, kind of calls him on yeah. his bullshit. Yes. And so... Because he comes in with this whole vibe of, like, please don't worry about a single thing. Like we are going to figure this out for you. And at one point he's holding her hands and he's got this earnest face. And she's like, do you have like a special speech for all of the, your clients? And he's like, has no idea what to say to that. Like yeah, he, yeah. he was not expecting it. And the one we saw before, the only other one we've seen them do, it was literally like a basement. Yes. And this is a huge manor. Yeah. So they're just like, they have no idea what they're doing right away. Can we kind of zoom through the, like latter half and then we, so we can kind of circle back to the yeah stuff. um bullet points there are little zombie girls there's three of them there's three of them they have their mouths on shut they play a song we'll talk about the song or they don't play a song uh florence Pugh keeps hearing this creepy song yeah one of the highlights of the movie we'll talk yep. about it uh basically again we know that the son did something but these girls are not at peace and they're freaked out and they're trying to, t they, it becomes very clear very quickly, at least to me, because we've seen movies like this before, that the girls have no ill intent towards them. They're trying to tell her something. They're yes. trying to share something with Florence. And of course we learn that it's that like the uh, woman who was running this had all of the best intentions for raising children, but was actually a shitty mother and didn't yeah. like when the girls were too loud and didn't like when the girls didn't listen to her. And these three girls were like problem children. And so she like asked her son to kill them or her son killed them because he knew his mother didn't like them. It is not clear. It's it not is, clear. The, the motive is not clear. And this is where the movie really fall, falls apart for me is so it turns out that her name is Mrs. Green, by the way. Oh, yeah. Mrs. Green and her son killed these girls together. Like, that's their whole thing. Uh-huh. And, like, Jackson... They're going to do it to Jackson. Jackson wakes up tied up in the basement, and they're sewing his mouth shut. Well, I think... Actually, you're... you're uh, yeah. You said you wanted to skip all this I know, stuff. I know. You're right. I, we'll come back to it. Uh, there's a fight sequence. The son is alive, and he's there, and he's a big... They kill Beth, too. They do kill Beth. Uh... I don't want to talk about all the violence that happens. No. Eventually, there's a fight in the basement. Only Angela and Elliot, is his name Elliot? Yes. Get away. Uh-huh. She's, like, running away down the road because she's escaped. She's covered in blood because, like, this is a fucking horror movie and they had a fucking fight in the basement yep. with, um... What? It's like a... It's like a handsaw? It's a machete? What is it? Yeah, machete. Is it... Oh, it's like a, um... It's like a knife. Whatever. Uh... Very descriptive, Evan. Good podcasting. <laughs> she hitchhikes away. She's fine. Everything's... Uh, what happens to Elliot? Good. Does he die? No. Um, he is in the hospital at the end of the movie. Oh, yes. You're right. I think the way... If I remember correctly... I should check my notes. The way that 
Florence Pugh... Because Elliot is useless. Elliot comes to save the day and gets fucking knocked out immediately. Well, he see, he comes to save the day and then does the dumbest thing one can possibly do in a horror movie, and that made me very mad at him. Again, the setting is bad. Uh, she asks the zombie girls for help, and they scream, and it's the screaming that Mrs. Green can't bear to hear, so she has to cover her ears. Yes. Uh, and that's her downfall. And that's her downfall, is that she can't bear to hear the... to bear the guilt of the telltale heart or whatever the fuck. Yes, exactly. Um... But Florence gets away, and then this kind of an ambiguous ending of, like, now what will she do? Who knows? Right. I don't care. Hopefully work to school and get her psychology Is Jackson degree. okay? No, Jackson is extremely dead. Remember, that's, that's the end, is that she sees him on the road, and he's looking for Beth. Oh, that is what happens. Yeah. I like that. Let's, let's go all the way back to the beginning and talk about the things that I like. Yeah, sure. The first thing I really like, again, this is what I was saying earlier about um, this being possibly like one of the best sequences I've ever seen in a horror movie. Which I, I really want to point out, like, are you really sticking to that? Yes. That's, that's high praise. I'm sticking to it, and it's here's the reason why I'm sticking to it, is because I yearn, yearn for horror that quietly does something. You missed it the first time. We watched this together, and I was like, did you see that? And you were like, no, and I rewound it to show you, because that is all I want in a horror movie. Is something that subtle? Is something so subtle that you don't notice it at first. And something so small and creepy that it's just it's just what I dream about. And so she's in the basement of this first house, and there are three mannequins, and they're all bald, right, because they're mannequins, and... Well, the, the woman in this house died of yeah. uh, cancer, so she had a shaved head when she died. Yeah. Um, three mannequins standing in a row, and Angela's looking at them. There's no music playing. She's looking at them. It, so it, it goes shot of the mannequins, shot of Florence, shot of the mannequins, and the middle one is the mother. And she's just sort of standing there looking up. She doesn't... It's not menacing. It's just... She's just standing there. And then back to Florence, and then back to the mannequins, and it's back to mm-hmm. three mannequins again. And then there's the lunge, which is like, whatever. But that is all I've ever wanted in a horror movie. It scared me so Mm -hmm. much. It's exactly the kind of thing that if this was happening to you, you could tell yourself it didn't happen. Right. Because it's just, you're just in a high tension situation. It's such a quick moment. And again, no music cues. They're not trying to like jump scare you. They're not trying to be like, it's real. Ghosts are real. There's a ghost. Like, no, it's just this beautiful, quiet moment of someone looking at looking at something and being like what did i just see and then it's normal again so what am i seeing and that is so beautiful to me i just can't get over it that's what i keep thinking about and i'm like you know maybe this movie will fade into the obscurity of my mind and all the other horror sure. movies i'll ever watch like over the course of my life but that is going to stick with me a lot because i think that it's it's everything i've ever dreamed of that i wish horror did more wow high praise yeah I liked it. Maybe not to the same extent. But. I something about it. I think it's just that I've been I've been wanting something like that, and I have not seen a lot like it recently. Yeah. I really like the sweaters that Florence Pugh wears in this movie. <laughs> well, I will say the costuming and the set dressing is also really great in this movie. I'm in a surprising way, in a detailed way. Florence is on her bed at one point, and she like reaches underneath her bed and pulls out like a little box of stuff, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of her mom's stuff, and it's a letter that I think the mental hospital where she was staying wrote about her. And that's where we learned that her mother was having hallucinations and nosebleeds and that sort of thing. And the letter that she has, um, has been folded and refolded so many times that the crease has like ripped. 
So the side of it that is like, mm-hmm. you know, is, is ripped. And that is a beautiful little detail. That is a great set dressing. Love some good production design. I think that's like the, the production design of this movie is really good and strong. And like, I have quibbles the same as you with the plot and the script. But I think that like the thing that raises this movie to me from something like The Dead Room, The Disappointments Room, Apartment 143, all the movies we've watched uh, on this podcast that are similar to it in whatever ways, this has a... It is just coming at a higher level. The cinematography is is different. The set dressing is different. The acting, obviously, because it's Florence Pugh, is stellar. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just coming at a different, you know, from a higher level at every moment. So I think that even as much as I had trouble with certain aspects of it, like... It's just shooting higher. It's just a better made movie in every conceivable way. Than most of the bad movies we talk about on this podcast, yes. Yes. Than the good movies we talk about on this podcast, no. not even close. No, not like Midsommar or like, you know, I don't know. Poltergeist? Poltergeist. What was the last movie we did on this podcast that was good? I mean, even like The Witch, which neither of us like, is a is a at least well-made and thoughtful yeah. movie. Uh, so Speaking of production design. Yeah. But I just think there's something about this that I was not expecting. I, I think was expecting fair. I was yeah. expecting dumb schlock like so much of what we watch and it wasn't that. It was really a lot better just from the jump. What do you think about the way that the ghosts look? Dumb. Okay, good. Cuz I typical uh, typical like horror the, the zombie movie. girls, they look dead with their pale yeah. and just like they look so run of the mill. Yeah. Which is why it's interesting because I don't think that anything you just said is wrong about like the production design about this operating on a slightly higher level than a lot of the bottom of the bargain bin or movies. even just the regular like um, main like you know just kind of main I don't even know how to describe it like, like the turning like no like um like friend request and like um. I think Front Quest is a bit more interesting than this. Really? Yeah. See, I think that those those movies like that... Because Front Quest sh- has the weird thing going on with the, like, exploring something with, like, witchcraft and technology, even if I think that it, like, doesn't entirely land. But not, but that's plot. I'm talking about literally, like, the way it's filmed. Sure, like, sure. That, like, we're talking about a baseline of just, like, this is a movie. Like, Hellraiser Revelations is not a movie. We've all agreed on that for <laughs> two years now that it's not a film. But, like, Deathgasm is a movie. And it's shot a certain way where you're like, this is the baseline for what a movie has to be to be a movie. Right? Sure, I think Deathgasm is really stylized, so it's not the point that you're looking... Like, The Right with Anthony Hopkins is like what uh, you're Yeah, actually, about. The Right is the ne- other one I was thinking of. Because Deathgasm is... Um, <laughs> is crazy. Wants to be an Edgar Wright movie. Sure. I guess I'm just talking about, like... Sure, I hear This you. is, like, shot like a prestige film, I guess. It would like to be. Yeah. It really would like to be. I, I, the point that I was trying to make is that the, um, ostensible, like, baddies, the ghosts, for most of the movie, look stupid. Yeah, I <laughs> Like, agree. they look, like, cheap. I, I actually, agree. like, think that they're at odds with the prestige highs that this movie's going yeah, for. Yeah, because the other elements of this that are not the ghosts, which are just that we as an audience know something is wrong, but Jackson is kind of putting it off. Yeah. He's, like, not worried about it. He thinks he's got it all under control. But Angela and Elliot are wandering this house, and they are in danger from Well, Elliot falls through the floor. That's what I'm talking about. When Elliot falls through the floor and he's broken his ankle and uh, Angela is like yelling for Jackson to get down there and they are so 
they have no idea what they're up against. Mm-hmm. Whether it's whether it's the little girls, whether it's Mrs. Green, because she knows things that they don't. Well, I think the thing that works is the, the atmosphere works, mm-hmm. right? I just think the atmosphere is interrupted when suddenly Florence, like, turns down a hallway and sees a zombie girl at the end of it. You I know, agree. like... Yes, I But the it. atmosphere that it's going for, especially, we should talk about the song. Um, there's a song that plays when she's in the... Ba- when um, Angela and Elliot are in the basement... Like, very faintly, only Angela can hear it. Uh-huh. Uh, Elliot, so she does the whole thing. It's like, what is that? Like, And Elliot can't hear it, and uh, it plays really well for the camera for their scams that they do. So, like, yes. I think that everyone is playing along because they think that this is Angela doing this whole thing to try to enhance the quality of the scam. Right. When but Angela, who it, is yeah. developing these powers or, like, these these this connection to the afterlife, is, like, really freaked out by it. It is a song by a band called The Playmates, or I don't know if they're a band, I don't really... A duo, I think. I didn't do any research, called Beep Beep, and it's this very slow... I should put a clip of it in. You should, because like right here. great. Don't sue me for copyright. Clip. As Let's put a clip in here. On tooting his horn I'll show him that a Cadillac is not a it's just playing so faintly. I just think it's so creepy. It's so creepy. The song is so horrifying. Well, it's I've... so mundane. Like on a on a the plot of the song is so mundane, but the way that it's delivered is just so unnecessarily spooky. It's so spooky, and it speeds up as it goes. Also, it yes. starts out really slow, but then as the song progresses, it starts to get faster and faster and faster. So it has a very horrifying like. Th- oh, it's good. The thing it made me think of is if anyone has seen Ready or Not, which uh, was a horror movie that came out this year. There's a song in that that plays. I don't want to spoil too much about that, but there's a song that plays. It's like run, 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 and it's also something like, oh, it's just like an old timey like records in the '40s that people thought were like f- fine and normal, but are actually fucking terrifying. So horrifying. Reminds me of the song in um, Get Out. Also, the in the r- beginning, Run Rabbit Run. Yeah, that plays in the beginning. Again, I think that we're identifying this and comparing it to much better movies because it does actually, at points, hit that in terms of tone. It does. And I think that her faintly hearing this, like, creepy song in the basement really works there. I agree. I think that, like, that's kind of as creepy as it gets because then so when, once, once you get into this... Oh, actually, sorry. One more thing that I thought was horrifying. So there's a point now where Beth... The way that they're supposed to do this is that Mrs. Green sits with Beth and Jackson, and they control it from that end, tell her what she needs to hear. And while they're watching on the monitors. While they're watching on the monitors. And Elliot and um, Angela. Angela do what they need to do in the basement. But of course, then Elliot falls through the floor. Jackson has to go help them. Beth lives Mrs. Green. And something happens that we don't see where when Jackson comes back to this room, everything's overturned. There's blood. Beth and Mrs. Green are both missing. Like a conflict has happened. Yes, yeah, something has gone wrong. And so... Well, this is what... So Jackson goes off and wanders. Um, there's actually a good moment that I don't want to spend too much time on, but just mention is that, like, Jackson starts hearing... I know, like, there's, like, a man that whispers to him that's just, like, stay there. Oh, yeah. Or whatever that I thought was, like, pretty creepy. But he's trying to, like, manage... He's still trying to, like, find Elliot and Angela and still trying to, like, talk to Beth. Yeah. But he Beth has stopped to, answering. He wants to keep this grift going he's like we got to get paid you guys but beth has stopped answering they have these walkie talkies so they're talking and i forget do all three of them find beth together because i'm I'm talking i think so i think that they have grouped up and they find her together and they hear they're trying they're trying to find her on the walkie talkie she won't talk to them there is something there's some noise that's happening 
the the um caption subtitle says Beth moaning, but it's not moaning. It's this horrible little like it's like that. It's this horrible little like creaky noise, like yeah, er, 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 like that. Which that's like the fucking grudge. Like don't come to me with that. <laughs> like I I hate that shit. But I was immediately horrified, and I was like, whatever we're about to find in this attic where they find her, it's gonna be bad. And it is. I mean, like her mouth has been sewn shut. Like we're we're coming into the like okay, this is what they're doing to people here in this. You house. said that you said that like it was not the first time we said that. Well, but that's what you said. The little girls have their mouths sewn shut. Yes. So Beth has her mouth sewn shut. Yes. Well, yes. Obviously, because okay. we're we're patterning the little girls. Um, this is the first time something really severe happens to. That's true. That's true. Yeah. They're they are now being violenced and not just scared um, out of the house. But I think that works. I, I think it's clever. I do too. It, what I like about it is that Mrs. Green has snapped a little bit. Yeah. That like she really honestly did want them to come into the house and exercise the ghosts because she wanted to stop she wanted hearing the, the those screaming. little girls they, she did not bring them here to kill them she wanted them to come and be real mediums but the second she realizes they're not real mediums she's like now i have to kill them because yeah. i'm so angry, angry yeah. and driven mad by these little girls like something has to break here but it means like i i actually really appreciate it sometimes in a horror movie when a villain has not planned anything and therefore has no way of getting out of it. Like if she were to let someone escape and they were to go to the police and come back, she's going to prison. Like there's no way around this. She's right. not trying to get away with it. She's just lost it. And I find that very interesting. So I like, I liked her as a villain. I didn't really need her son there, but I guess we, there, we need two of them to overpower the four of them, I guess. I actually think I, I disagree. The son being there is part of what, makes me not like this movie. Right, because it's, 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 ex- it's not... stupid. It doesn't... It's not explained. It's not only not explained. Like, what is the point? What is the point? Why? Why is he there? Because he's the, like, violent one. But why? I don't know. I don't know. You, you're saying that he should have never existed, that she should have just killed the girls all along? No! Or he could have killed the girls and have gone away to prison right, or died or whatever, and now she's snapped, and now she's, like, avenging her son, like, I Mrs. Agree. Voorhees. Like, there's an in- there's interesting ways to go that isn't that, like... Because, also, he's not a character. He shows up, and he's no, just, he like... he barely a, even speaks. He's, like, a mostly silent, like, brute force, like, grunt for her work, and it's yeah. just, like... I, again, what's the point? It really... I hear you. Again, I really liked her, so I, I think especially, I hear Especially, especially, because in this last half hour, the movie gets so violent in a way that it was not before. Like, mm-hmm. literally, like, people swinging blades at each other. Yeah. And so they, Beth's mouth is sewn shut. They get her out of the house. They get in the car. They're trying to leave. They see a zombie girl as they're driving. They decide to, like, barrel into the zombie girl. because They don't like, decide. The Jackson decides because he's out of his mind. Jackson decides to barrel the zombie girl. But of course, they killed the gardener. Right. Right. And he's just losing his mind. And then he didn't mind. buckle Beth in. So when they hit the gardener, they swerve and hit a tree. Yeah. And Beth flies out of the... Windshield. Uh, windshield and cracks her skull open. So it is the... it is. I feel like it is the classic, like... <laughs> it's Jackson's arc coming to a finale here. Yeah. Which is that he is careless and an asshole and he claimed to love Beth but like one of the things that happens when he gets beat up is that Beth is like starts to try to pack to leave because she's Mm -hmm. like the mob knows where we live like I live here and he's so sure that he can protect her by getting this money and solving the problem and but because he has not planned ahead 
because he doesn't think about what's coming two days down the road. He doesn't think about the future. He's like, he inevitably like leads to her death. She would not have died from the mouth sewing injuries. Probably not. She died because he didn't buckle her in and then drove because he's reckless. Yeah, he's reckless. You're right. And I think that it's sad. It's horrible. If we're looking for like a feel good horror movie, which do exist, this is not that because like his arc is frankly like depressing and heartbreaking. But like, I think that yeah. it, is, it is an arc. It is a like, it is a devastating conclusion to the behavior that he has been exhibiting the entire movie. You're right. And it has horrifying conclusions, but there are conclusions that make sense to him as a character. Yeah. Is there anything else plot-wise you want to talk about? Not really. I'm trying to even remember. The only thing I really like, again, just to come back to Jackson, is that, um, I think I mentioned it earlier, but when Florence is walking down the road, I guess, trying to get a hitchhiker, Mm -hmm. trying to um, hitch a ride. This is the end of the movie. Once she's, like, one, she's the final girl. Does she leave Elliot somewhere? Is that what happens? She just, like, leaves him by a tree and is like, I'm going to go get help. Yes. And then she's, like, walking really slowly (laughs) down the road, and she sees Jackson, and he's like, we know that it's not real Jackson because his... Because he's not covered in he's not covered drenched in, in blood. blood. And I, I think we also saw him die. I don't remember what happened with Jackson, but like we definitely saw it was implied the that he The violence gets murdered. very... This is the other thing. It gets very violent at the end, somewhat suddenly. And it's also just like... When you've just seen as many movies as we have that are exactly like this, it just becomes white noise of like the third act fight against the yes. villain. Especially when like someone's tied up and then it's like, in they get dar- untied. In a dark basement that's someone lit the same as everything else. Someone around the corner and gets the jump and then they work together to figure it out or whatever. Um, but she's walking down the road and she sees Jackson and he's completely whole, you know, unblemished, not covered in blood. Completely whole. And he says something like he's looking for Beth. Is that what yeah, he Yeah, he's like, yeah, have you seen Beth? Have you seen Beth? And I, again, I just think that like, that is interesting. I find it sad that he's now potentially like a ghost trapped on this property mm-hmm. and i think that ghosts like that who don't know their ghosts and are you just like the sixth sense i do i do like the sixth sense and him looking for beth because he killed her inadvertently is a fascinating ending for him i think i think it's very interesting and sad sure but yeah that's the plot are you ready to uh not buckle this in and Drive into a tree? No, I have one more thing to say. Oh. <laughs> what is it? It's that I think that um, Florence, uh, well, Angela, Angela and Jackson have a very realistic um, sibling relationship. Not incest. We have broken... We did it. <laughs> we have broken the incest curse. I didn't think of it until you just said that, because you're 100% it's right. It's true. They do act like siblings. They really act like siblings. There's a great moment where, um, I think it's when he has convinced her to go to the house. Yeah. And... In, in a different movie, in, in another worse movie um, about siblings, he would have kissed her cheek and then left. Like, that's a very, like, typical kind of, like, we see siblings happen before. Instead of just kissing her cheek, he kisses her cheek and then he, like, goes in more and he, like, smooches her and she, like, bats him away and, like, tries to kind of shove him off, but she's smiling. That is such a real thing. My brother has done that to me so many times where he, like, is annoying me by, like, smooching my cheek really hard and I like to, like, shove him off. And then I love, there's a part, um, it's when they're stuck in the basement there. They've helped Elliot get the ladder, mm-hmm. I think. And she's holding the ladder or she's holding it when he's going down or something. Yeah. And she's like, well, hold, you know, he's like, well, hold it straight. And she's like, I am holding it straight. And they have this little argument about like, well, you dropped me. And that's why my knee still clicks. Like when I was 12 and he goes, I love this. I love working with you. <laughs> 
This is great. I love working with you. And it it's is so, so it's great. It's very I forgot good. About it's that. very tender, very specific. I love it. So that's another reason why this movie kind of like bumped up for me. I'm a sister, I have a brother. Like when I see things like that that are really because there's a lot of really poorly written sibling relationships. We've that, done four of them in a row. Well, across all genres. Like there's so many yeah. siblings that have been written so poorly and badly and you can always tell when you watch a movie written by someone who has a sibling because you're like that's it yeah that's how they act that's how we are and uh it's just great to see it really again there's many things that brought this movie down for me there's also more things that elevated it for me which is why i think i'm coming in so positive i think that's totally fair i had low expectations and i was surprised right are you ready to sew this movie's mouth shut now that i have to come up with an alternate way to dispose of it Ooh horrifying but yes so we were we could be transparent about this yeah now that we're transitioning into the post netflix or post netflix exclusivity phase of this in 2020 we were going to wrap up that with the original scream because the first episode of this podcast was about scream 2 which was then on netflix still is on netflix actually in fact but scream has left netflix since we developed that plan so we could no longer do the original Scream. I love how you say Scream 2 is still on Netflix as if it didn't leave and come back. It did leave and come back, but it's it was there when we started, and it's there now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but we can't do Scream, sadly, so we're going to roll the roulette one last time. One last we, time for Netflix. Before we, we come up for it with a new selection system. As we... Uh, for those who didn't listen to our past episode... It was last episode, was right? It? Yeah. We've, We've talked about it a couple times. mentioned it a couple times, yeah. The, the way that we currently do the roulette is not compatible with updating the horror roles, rosters, whatever, of like five different streaming services. It's just not going to work. It's not even really compatible with Netflix ever since they changed their format. It used to be a lot better. It used to be so much easier for me to go alphabetical, and now I can't do that anymore. Thanks, Netflix. So, so we haven't entirely figured out what it's going to be. I think I speak for both of us when I say that the randomness element of this podcast is part of what makes it fun to do, mm-hmm. is that we encounter things that we've never heard of. and Yeah, I don't want to just choose the next big... We've done that in the past when it's something specifically like yeah. Bird Box or whatever. But oh, like... I'm, not, I'm not upset about the times that we've chosen the movie to do at all. But I don't want to do that every time. I don't want to restrict ourselves to that because that's also, I feel like, what almost every other podcast does. Yes. Right? Is that they choose a movie to talk about and they talk about it. I think that the random element of this, especially with the scores and scores of horror movies out there that are like waiting to be found mm-hmm. and discussed. We have found some gems. I just, I, I don't want to take that element away, but the roulette isn't going to work. No. So we got to figure that out. Yeah. So let's roll the roulette one last time for Netflix, at least again, in its current, in its current capacity. And hopefully we can go out on something Almost Maybe as thematically <laughs> resonant as Scream, but I don't think anything will we'll be as perfect. See. All right. Our next movie will be Sabrina. Sabrina? Yeah, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. It looks really horrifying. I can barely see the clip out of the corner of my eye and I'm terrified. Oh no, are you going to show it to me? No. Ah. What is it? Oh, it's like Chucky. It's like a, like a child's play kind of thing. Right? Yes. What the fuck? <laughs> when were the years are from? 2018. Oh. It's the third installment in the Doll franchise, which Netflix isn't advertising because that previous viewing isn't required. Okay. Wild. Are you into this? A little bit. Let's do it. 
The doll fucking freaks me out. This is a creepy ass doll. I'm <laughs> listeners. You will see this doll and understand why I've been struck dumb. Like I'm in. I'm, I'll watch this movie with this creepy ass doll. Yeah. Again, not as quite as thematically resonant, but that's fine. No, but I like to. Again, we like to discover new things here at Now Screaming. That's, that's what we're the all whole, about. That's the whole point of the randomizer. We'll be back in 2020. We'll not have another episode before the new year. The holidays. So until then, you can check us out on our website at nowscreaming.com. And on Twitter and Facebook at Now Screaming. Be sure to share the podcast with your friends. Uh, they have all this time to catch up now. Over the holidays, the we're holidays. taking a break that we're actually telling you about for once. <laughs> Thank you, as always, to Florence Pugh for being the the scream <laughs> the light queen, of your life, the scream queen that we deserve. Um, she is becoming quite the scream queen, isn't she? Yeah, I love it. Uh, and thanks for screaming too, I guess. Wow. Until next time. The tables have turned in 2020. This is the Florence Pugh podcast now. Listen, the door was opened, so <laughs> this is where we're at. Yep. Until next time, everybody. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. And enjoy the holidays. Enjoy your spooky M- Mary holidays. Merry Screamus. Screamus? Chris Scream? Don't go see Black Christmas in theaters. Yeah, don't. Actually, that's real. We should have set a PSA about that earlier. But now, if you're listening... Don't see Black Christmas. If you're here at the end of the podcast... It's it's really bad. Oh, boy, it sucks. It made us mad. Yeah, I really know that stuff. It's too spooky. Beep, beep.